A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rilkins, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. So live from IMAX 2022 in Frankfurt, from our Event Design Collective booths in our um, studio, uh, we have here as our guest, Oli Bailey. And Oli Bailey is from IMAX. And welcome, Oli. Thank you very much. Nice and to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And we um, are very lucky to have you in this podcast because, um, hey, IMAX is running uh, and you're one of the designers and producers. Um, Could you tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do within IMAX? Certainly. Thank you very much for that uh, lovely uh, introduction there. Um, Well, I've been with IMAX for quite a long time, actually. I wasn't one of the uh, originals, um, so I missed the first event, but I've I've been to every other one there. and I've worked right across the business, I think, in most, most departments, really, um, typically in the operations side and then the sales side. But then um, I found I was interested quite a lot in the whole user experience design area, so um, I got myself educated in that side. And then during the education process, it became quite clear to me that a lot of the principles in UX that are normally applied to the digital world could just as easily transpose over to the physical environment, to the, to the world that I knew very much, um, you know, was very much a part of, which was, um, you know, event design. Um, so things like our show, where, which is an appointment-led show, where um, one of the vectors for success is getting people quickly and accurately from one place to another, it's exactly the same as in web design fits law, where you have um, objects where you're wanting to click from one to the other and you don't want to get error rates and things like that. It's exactly the same. So principle for wayfinding in a digital world, wayfinding in the physical world, it's the same sort of thing. So factors like that really, really interested me. But then so, of course, does the whole emotional design. Being in a physical environment, you've got that multi-sensory experience there, which is even more especially relevant now. We've just gone through a phase where everybody's been living online for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so that whole side of things has gained a whole new relevance. Um, in fact, it's the thing that we really need to, to focus on really as event designers. You know, what can, if you can do it online, do it online. Everything else, that's what you need to be focusing on really, um, is, is, is being at, in the moment there. Um, you shouldn't be doing things at the show that, that, um, that you, you could, you, people don't be wanting, wanting to be uh, in front of screens when they're actually you know, at an event. They want to be meeting people and experiencing things. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been doing. And it's, you know, it's been an iterative process o- over the years. Um, and this, where we are this year, of course, it's, it's, uh, we've taken three years out in doing this. So, but all the things we've done in between that, like Planet IMEX, the little... Uh, um, initiatives we've been doing online and of course our IMAX America show um, which happened last, last November have all fed into this experience that we've got here yeah. today. 
I'm interested by the comment you made in terms of like the, you make the, the crossover between digital, sure. digital and live, um, UX, right? Um, do you have an example how you um, how you did that or what you took from the other silo and put into the the in-person event? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, the world of UX is kind of saturated now. It used to be a quite a dark art, really, quite mm -hmm. a mysterious thing, but. Um, people have got so used to sort of good design. Everybody has a smartphone these days and everybody uses apps, you know, and they're designed to be very simple and minimal and things. So people just assume good design much, much more than they did, um, did recently. So, um, for example, say the arrival process, um, and it's, I'm going to have to describe it for people that haven't got a, a visual reference for this, but when we arrive at the hall that we're sitting in talking now, mm -hmm. uh, we have a very obvious, very colorful stripe that's leading people around a kind of wavy line really from uh, the entrance to the hosted buyer lounge. Um, there's a reason for that, it's because that's where most people arriving in this hall want to get to. Um, but we want them to get it, get to it in a way that when they do actually arrive there, they're in a slightly better mood than they were when they just arrived because they've just followed this rainbow a meandering rainbow, really. So it, it's no, no no straight lines, but it's um, it's achieving a function, um, but in a way that, that um, hopefully um, raises um, you know the emotional uh, resonance along the way. So um, yeah, we, we want people to be in a, in a, a change their behaviour, if you like, from from arriving, which is probably at the end of a stressful journey, to then arriving, finally arriving at their destination where they can sit down in a comfortable chair, lose their luggage and they've already, hopefully, uh, uh, heightened their mood a little bit, just by the journey. Good, yeah. <clears throat> so, so guiding people through the experience here, mm -hmm. making them very effective and successful. Yeah. Um, that is what I'm hearing. So, um, we are in IMAX Frankfurt right now, for the people who listen to this podcast. Um, and here in Frankfurt, IMAX is, so to say, divided in two different halls, where mm -hmm. in one hall there's a trade show, in one hall there's the knowledge area, hosted buyer mm -hmm. uh, area, um, and actually, um, com for me, comparing Frankfurt with Vegas, I very much like the way you set it up here, and I, I, I understood that it's because the other hall is simply smaller, right, so then, then the, the yeah. hall in Vegas, so, but this actually came as a buy, buy effect almost, where the lights are more dimmed here, and the, the, the chatter is less loud, and, and like you, re it's really a quiet area where, where people mm -hmm. can relax. Is that, of, of course, yeah. done on purpose? But how did you do that? Oh, similar. Well, actually, um, I mean, the, the layout of Messer Frankfurt, well, IMAX of Messer Frankfurt, is that we use two halls that are linked with a, an atrium in the middle. Um, in Las Vegas, it's actually a very, very large hall. It's roughly equivalent to the size of both together, but it is one single space. So we've, we have to work with one space. Here, we've got much more control. We have got two spaces. And you're right, we did dim the lights pur uh, purposefully in this hall, um, partly to give uh, people's retinas a rest when they first did that, but also um, it works better because we can then control things with lighting and projections and create mood. Uh, mood, mood that way. So, and actually, using the hall nine here was first of all out of necessity because we outgrew hall eight. So we we knew we had to move something, and moving the education here seemed like the obvious thing to do because with education you want to control the environment a little bit more. You want it conducive to learning, mm -hmm. so you don't want all the the buzz and the noise from the trade show floor that's so important on the trade show floor, right? 
Um, so you want to create these little micro environments for learning. And then this year we've taken that a step further by each of the actual education rooms, and there are three main ones, of giving them their own environments, their own lighting, their own flavour really with the choice of furniture, um, imagery and colour. Um, and also scent, we've scented each room uh, as well, just to give that you know, multi-sensory experience and give it its identity too. And so, <clears throat> I'm, I'm wondering, um, where, does, where does all that knowledge come from, right? So where do you get the knowledge? Is there a resource you use or is that something you there's, discover on your own? There's or? an excellent resource and that's the uh, group of people who are in the com company that are very, very passionate about um, uh, show design and, and each one is a design leader in their own right. So. Really, the, um, we, we kind of come together as a group. I don't know whether it's a squad or a project or what, but it's a group of individuals that, that, that come together just to, to focus on, on this side of things. There's two really good reasons for that. First um, is to maintain uh, consistency and standards across the entire show. Uh, rather than each person you know, plowing their own furrow and going off. And even if what they're doing is brilliant, you want it to be consistent because if you have that consistency, then the overall, the whole is, is, is much greater. It gives you that experience and then the experience is cumulative. If you see similar sort of things again and again and again, it helps with our identity. Uh, and secondly, then um, ideas feed off each other and you need like-minded individuals to iterate that all-important iteration in the design process from from concept to actual prototyping yep. to then a working a working model and sometimes that can happen rapidly um, we use t uh, Microsoft Teams as our conduit for, 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 for chatting um, trying to keep meetings to, to workshopping ideas really but sometimes you know there's a real flurry of activity just just swapping ideas and an idea an initial idea can then very quickly um, you know, snowball into something um, really quite exciting, uh, nice. and that's how it works. So but the individuals really that working it are the other resources. But that, that's that's more the, the the prototyping. I would I would I would say like thinking about new ideas to do this. But I'm thinking like, how do you give a scent to a room, and how what scent should that be, and what is a positive <laughs> scent, or what? Right. So the science behind that. How do you? What is your resource for that? Well, um, and I can't remember who I could attribute this quote to, but someone said to me, um, if you want to know, tell the difference between a good painting and a bad painting, look at a million paintings. And I, I can't tell you how many bottles of scent we actually s sniffed and sampled before we decided on the actual room ones. It, it's about how it made us, us feel, really. But I have to say, if, if you're not actually uh, familiar with what we've done here, we've, we've actually themed each of the education rooms that we've actually um, centred as well. And they are themed around our, our talking point of nature, loosely. So there's one that we call the forest room, um, which is um, very much decorated in a, in a woodland setting. There's an ocean room, which sort of speaks for itself, and then a canyon room. Uh, if you can imagine the canyons in um, you know, Antelope Valley or um, in, in, in the United States, you know, there's uh, orange colors and yellows and sweeping mm -hmm. curves. That's the sort of thing as well. That was the hardest one to scent um, because it, nobody really has an obvious um, reference in mind when it comes to sort of scent reference, certainly not in Europe, really, when it comes to deserts and canyons. It would only be my only association would be sand right so yeah exactly uh, and that was that's, that's that's a typical smell i think but how to replicate that right well so we've gone for the kind of drier scent yeah. so it's the ones with connotations of that kind of arid environment so like black pepper sandalwood that kind yeah. of thing so that's the idea really. so it's trial and error it's it's testing it's, it's everything's it, trial and yeah, error yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like to think sometimes we hit uh, but i know sometimes we miss as well i mean what i've had to do this this year while i'm here is stop myself um 
continually making notes of all the things I think we should have done differently or better while we're actually here. But while yeah. we're actually here, just absorb it. Be, and enjoy be, it also. Be in yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Be in the moment. Ex inhabit the spaces. So that is, that is what it. you do all day? Is that what you're thinking about? Like... Um, what to improve next time, what to work on, what to... Oh, it's not just, yeah, all day, all night. I was, in fact, um, I was running the other day and I was thinking about um, something with our, our, our head designer, uh, Anna. We were looking at this combination of colors, a kind of a khaki color and a, and a pink color. In fact, we've used it inside the hall on some of the um, seating areas. And I just, I absolutely loved it. And I was trying to think, why did I, I love it so much? And I think... It dawned on me that it's it's the same color combination of a, a an action man toy that I had as a child. <laughs> it's kind of uniform, and then this is the color of uh, the plastic skin and things like that. And that's so that's you mean with the, I see some dark green, dark green areas. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. it exactly. Yeah. And, and we were lucky enough to get donated from one of our uh, brilliant stand designers, Elevations, um, some uh, flowers that they had uh, left over from their, their florist that comes in. That just so happened to be like beautiful pink flowers that we were able to put out on the tables as well. So. Wonderful. It's very nice. So, um, maybe a more difficult question. So, if you, if you, if we, we would take ourselves and make a jump in time, like five to ten years ahead, mm -hmm. not per se for IMAX, but for experiences at trade shows and maybe for IMAX, mm -hmm. what would be the the dream, or what would be the the situation in five to ten years? What would be different? Well, I mean, all things being equal, that um, you know, if the world um, continues spinning and it's um, you know, and, and it's still a world as we recognise it, then uh, well, I like to think that we um, we don't have much more of the low-hanging fruit to uh, to pick. So we we're looking at making improvements incrementally, really. Um, uh, one thing we do like to focus on is uh, interactions between people. A show like IMEX um, is all about the interactions between people. That's why people come here. So it's our job as designers to try and facilitate those as much as possible. And um, anybody who's been to lots and lots of trade shows will know that quite often a lot of the good business gets done in the bar after the event, not necessarily at the event itself. So um, creating those um, potential instances for the serendipitous meetings um, is something that we'll focus on. Um, and those just chance encounters. Um, so that's something that I think we want to do, do more of, um, really. So. At the moment, a lot of this stuff is, is there, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, a solitary journey in a way designed to uh, give people the right frame of mind to be more receptive, really, to meeting people and, and, and fostering those new connections. Um, I'd like to think that we can step up on that a little bit and help create those connections uh, themselves. So would, would we, in the future, be, be able to design these chance encounters, you think? Um, well, no, I think we can try and uh, create environments where they're more likely to happen. I think that's the thing as well. I mean, something, um, a really basic one, we've got, a, we've got a selfie wall. Lots of trade shows have these kind of walls. Mm -hmm. People like to check in, right? Yeah. Um, say, I'm in, I'm in Frankfurt, I'm in Germany, you know, I'm at IMEX. Um, and we realized that, that it, it, it's, the one that we've designed is really just works best for just one person getting photographed. But that's crazy. We're a meeting show, you know. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, we missed a trick. You know, we should have done something that really needs more than one person. So you're going to grab somebody and say, come on, or, or, or the walk past with another person. You're going to need that other person to do that. So that's a way that you can actually, you know, cement a new relationship by, by you know, fixing it in a moment of time in, in this sort of photograph. And little things like that, and it doesn't have to be these big convoluted things. In fact, it's better if they're these little chance encounters, because they're sometimes the most memorable as well. Um, last question about about the design. Um, so, how, how how do you how do you come to to the ideas? You, you said like 
we have a team of people we, we, yeah. we prototype a lot um, um, is it that for every thing you decide you have multiple things to choose from or you make multiple prototypes and then you choose one or uh, how does it work in your well, environment like most sort of creative environments there's no no shortage of ideas yep. you know there's a glut of ideas and, and the, the skill is really um, sifting through them really and, and being being quite brutal and honest and, and just to focus on, on the right ones and the best way that we've found to do that is to spend a lot of time on setup. Setup's really important, um, and to establish quite early on what your design principles are. Um, you know, and obviously you're, you're talking, you're designing for the people, as you said right on the outset. So you've got to know the people. You've got to be able to read the room quite well. Like this time, you know, we knew we, we were coming back after two years of, of great uncertainty. Um, so there was a bit of trepidation, but there's also a great sense of joy. Of, of coming back and for a lot of time there's people I hadn't seen for three years and I, yeah. it was genuinely beautiful from one person to the next business aside to see them again um, so that sense of joy was the real design principle in this nature and theme informed the content for sure but how we did it it was with that sense of joy so lots of primary colors joy really harks back to our childhood that's where we go to for our sense of joy right so um, primary colors um, curves, circles, wavy lines, um, you know, the sort of things, the way that we teach our children, you know, animals, you know, we, we were often taught as children by animals in books, mm -hmm. you know, and um, colour, circles, all things like that really, and, and you know, a, a bit of space to move around and just engage and, and just play, yeah. playfulness. So what, what of these, because I understood the, the, the hallways, the ales in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the, on the treasure floor is also w are wider now mm. due to COVID, I think, or yeah, because well, of COVID? Well, we, we've actually planned this show twice. Um, yeah. When we first started planning, there was very much a mandate for, um, for, for safety that the venue really had to adhere to, but we wanted to, um, as, as show designers as well. Safety first. First of all, it was, it was, um, there was a safety measure there um, that, that we had uh, definitely uh, an interest, an obligation to, to take us first and foremost, of course we did. So we, we reached a, a, an agreement with the venue then about what was an acceptable, acceptable level of, of distancing that could also um, still work as a trade show. Uh, but then of course that changed gradually, incrementally. We, we were initially uh, planning on checking every single person's vaccine yeah. um, status yeah. along with their ID. So the, the arrivals process was very convoluted at that time. But then. That went away, so then we could revert back to what we wanted to do initially as well. But um, keeping some of those wider aisles, even though we didn't have to, um, was a decision that we made um, because I think it's very important that if somebody does have, um, you know, a meeting, say at the other side of the hall, and they're not that interested in, in pushing through a crowd, that they have a choice of whether they, um, you know, they can go through the crowd if they want, but there always should be a choice at the moment for them to get there with, with minimal contact. Yep. So it was done very much with a sense of purpose. I haven't spent much time in that other hall, but um, I must say, um, walking around IMAX has never felt so spacious. Um, and it's, right, so, so there's the sense of, of space and not mm -hmm. being packed is absolutely something I would, that's why, mm -hmm. why I actually asked, like, hey, if you, if you can, right? Um, yeah. That's well, actually, we only enlarged um, three of the aisles, um, okay. but um, like I say, it gives you that choice. Uh, so um, if you want to go somewhere quickly, you can. Um, it's, it's also, you know, that's, that's uh, getting from A to B is a vector for success, so it, it makes good sense from that side anyway. 
But just from an emotional point of view, it's very important that we respect that sense of people wanting a bit of extra distance if they do. They shouldn't be um, penalised for coming to the show just because of that. We know we have, as designers, we can't just forget that the last three years happened. You know, we have to now take that on board and, um, you know, yeah. and, and incorporate into that into our events. Wonderful. Thank you, Oli, for this, um, for this great conversation and it was very inspiring to also to hear to how you did that right I think um, our listeners um, know a lot about our methodology and how that works but to get it from from the from right from the source how you apply that I think you did a great job thank you I hope much. you uh, have a few days of rest and relaxation <laughs> after <laughs> this show much, me too <laughs> <laughs> and then um, um, yeah uh, we might come across um, 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 at a later later point mm -hmm. where we actually would love to have you in our one of our uh, one of our sessions oh i'd be delighted to thank you very much for inviting me that sounds fantastic okay thank you thank you this has been another episode of the design to change designer conversation series explore these conversations and additional content at design to change.online want more right now tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss off stage 